here with Christine Bentley, and you're listening to What She Said right here on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money? That's wealth esteem. Well, there's no doubt, Christine, uh, the rate of injuries and fatalities on Toronto streets has gotten worse in 2019. And with back to school right around the corner, we could all use a reminder to take more accountability for the role we play on the streets. So Donna Ince, who is the Senior VP of Personal and Commercial Insurance at RSA Canada, is going to talk to us about some of the current street safety issues impacting Torontonians and how we can take action to help improve road safety. And I know you're going to have something to say about cyclists. Well, cyclists, but also pedestrians, because Mm -hmm. this is what we're seeing. I mean, every day I feel like I wake up and there's another one or two, you know, incidents Mm -hmm. uh, and some of them fatal. Um, So I'm I'm interested to hear this. Uh, Speaking of back to school, Mm -hmm. what she said lifestyle expert Lena Almeida is stopping by to share five of this year's most popular back to school trends. Lena's always in the know. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, colorful kicks and crazy patterns are in. Fun. Yeah, well, we did that in the 60s. The mod mod stuff. Oh, yeah. Striped bell-bottom jeans. Boy, did I want those Danny Bonaducci jeans from the Partridge family. (laughs) I really wanted those. Well, did you know that as of 2012, millennial households under 35 had $824 billion in assets, but apparently they're not investing them. So we're going to be joined by Meridian Credit Union Senior Wealth Advisor Jordan Damiani, who's going to help demystify the market and talk three things millennials need to know about investing. The Ninth on CBC Gem is a new comedy that follows the Box Springs, the hardest partying amateur baseball team in Canada, as they compete on and off the field. And we're going to chat with show creators Daniel A. M. Ro- Daniel A. M. Rosenberg. That's how he says it. You okay. Have and to include the A. M. It's okay, important. Okay. All right. And now I'll never forget it. And Michael <laughs> Goldlist about how they came up with the idea. The Box Springs may be mediocre as hell on the field, but with a beer in their hands, <laughs> they're Hall of Famers. All righty then. We're going to have some travel advice with Candace Sampson from LifeInPleasantville.com, as well as the latest movie and TV reviews in Saturday Night at the Movies with film critic Anne Brody. And don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and download our free show podcast. You can find all the links on whatshesaidtalk.com right now. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a... a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Millennials are now the largest component of Canada's labor force. As of 2012, millennial households under 35 had $824 billion in assets. But why are they not investing? Joining us now uh, to help answer that question is Jordan Damiani, Senior Wealth Advisor at Meridian Credit Union. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. So, uh, yes, uh, why are they not? Well, I think that the root cause, and there was a, a good Ontario Securities Commission study that they put out that just said 59% of millennials feel they don't know enough about investing to actually get started. So I think that that's kind of perceived as the root barrier. You, you need to know something to get started. Mm. Um, the, the other piece, too, in that same study, um, which was really interesting, they said 80% of millennials do have savings. So we know that you know savings has really become a priority, but only 50% have investment. And out of that 50%, only 5% of them have investments over 25000 So you have three things that millennials need to know about investing and things that will demystify the markets for them. So why don't we... 
why don't we talk about that? Sounds good. Uh, yeah, and and really just three simple suggestions that that I uh, you know bring up, and they're still applicable to any age as well. But um, especially if you think investing early um, to create financial security. So we've always kind of heard the earlier you get started, the mm -hmm. better off you're going to do. Compound interest. Compound interest, interest absolutely. <laughs> um, and that is true. Um, but I think there's that inertia where you've got all this other stuff on your plate. You might have kids. You might think about buying a house. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff going on, especially as the millennial group gets older and older. Mm -hmm. um, but really, that's, that's one of the core concepts of investing is you need time. So actually, I did an example because a millennial can still be 30. I'm 33. Um, and just suggested if somebody has nothing at all saved right now, is it too late to start? So I just used a simple uh, investment calculator. And I said, okay. okay, if you put 500 bucks a month away and you use normal retirement, so 65, so that's a 35-year stretch. Well, what would be the difference if you invested it or if you just put it in a savings account? And that calculator you'd actually come out with about $619,000 if it was invested and made 5.5% as a rate of return, but only $275,000 um, at a 1.5% rate of return. So pretty much double. Yeah. A little over double. Absolutely, right? And that's, and that's kind of a... It's a scary thing when you think of there's not really a lot of workplace pensions anymore that are going to do it for you. That's so, what I was going to bring yeah. up because in our day, my day, certainly we had what they now call Cadillac pensions. Mm -hmm. um, and then the younger groups that came in, it was much less. So they were much less protected against, you know, not having anything at the end. And now I think it's very lean Oh, the pension side. Absolutely, right? If you think of the traditional defined benefit pension where, you know, like an OMERS or teacher's pension where yeah. you work 30 years and you know exactly what you're going to get, you know what they're going to pay you, and they're also going to increase it for cost of living. And that's that's really gone. Um, if you're lucky, most workplaces are going to have a defined contribution pension where they'll say, okay, we're going to give you 3% and you match your 3% and however you do investing, that's your your retirement result. So it's a bit, to your point, it is a bit leaner in that sense. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that we we talk about how kids are not fiscally knowledgeable in high school even? So then you get working and then you have a student loan and then you're kind of confused about mm -hmm. the whole thing or you're just not engaged. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. If, if that's not taught in school, where's your opportunity to really... Or taught by your parents. Or by parents, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Or, or parents, you know, have it even... Uh, develop these skills themselves to teach it well to their kids. So that's that's problematic. And actually, in the last um, uh, provincial budget, they actually did put in some financial literacy component, which I believe it's going to be civics uh, class in, I think, grade 10, where you're actually going to have a component that is based on financial literacy. Okay, so we've talked about get, get started early, yeah. but... Let's face it, not all investing is created equal. Um, so, you know... How millennials, I suppose, are like everybody else, saying, I don't want to lose money. Maybe uh, it's better to you suck it under the mattress. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's two kind of contingents. It's a great point that I, I personally experience. I think some millennials can be incredibly risk-averse, you know, and you might see really large amounts just squirreled away in savings accounts. Yeah, but they've got the time to make up the losses, like if they're investing. Yeah, absolutely. And nobody says they've got to invest speculatively. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's I think that's the challenge. So that that goes into the other, um, you know, segment, which are extremely risk seeking. And I, I see that tons day to day, just even with some of the colleagues, the younger, you know, advisors or people newer starting off, you know, oftentimes have a self-directed account and it's loaded up with, you know, marijuana stocks, um, you know, it could be cryptocurrency, um, precious metals, really things that are they're not traditional prudent you know, solid or boring, let's say boring investments that tend to to work. So because they would go with that adage is, well, we have time for it to recover. But do you necessarily want a big downturn in your portfolio to see it recover? You don't you don't have to put yourself through that. Right. So that's why I would just say uh, engaging people on what their options are, that they don't have to be incredibly risky. You know, if your friend or, or family member gives you the latest hot tip on a marijuana stock, that's not investing. <laughs> That's speculating. Might seem fun, you know, to think about it or look at the potential gains uh, in in that potential stock, but the reality is there's a lot of risk there. Okay. So, and but but you guys, when you're talking yeah. to potential investors, you consider that you talk to them about their risk Absolutely. tolerance. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, how easy is it to get started? 
Yeah, you know, it's it's a, a very easy. So I think, you know, more than ever, especially with technology, there's so many different avenues to, to, to not only just start, but educate yourself as well. So I think the education piece I'm very passionate about, um, you know, for people that really want to kind of do it on their own time, uh, the Ontario Securities Commission has a great website. It's getsmarteraboutmoney.ca. And mm-hmm. it's really devoted to investor education. I mean, that's the regulator and they want to put out more investor edu- education material. Um, so they'll actually explain what is an RSP, what's a tax-free savings account, what is a stock or bond, um, and also with useful articles, tools, and calculators. And I was going to say the second piece is you can, of course, go into any Meridian Credit Union. Um, it's a great place to start, too. I know with my uh, colleagues, we really prioritize educating the members that we work with. That's incredibly important. But I important think ha- having having a, a person that you have a relationship with and then – Going home and educating yourself, yeah, you know, absolutely. On whatever yeah. that person recommends for you, that advisor, yeah, you know, you can do that too. Yeah, and I think in this day and age, with you know everything has an online review, a lot of people want to do that. Okay, well, this is what I'm being told. You know, is somebody selling something to me, or are they actually is are they partnering? Is this a good opportunity? Um, and and to your point, absolutely. You know, go home and then vet that information. Um, there's a lot of good literature out there, good articles. I think just really engaging yourself in it um, instead of it being out of sight, out of mind. Because mm-hmm. even though, you know, someone might be in their 20s today, might not be too long before you're in your 30s or 40s and no, then maybe it 50s. it flies by, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. Right. And then when, you know, when you're in your 50s, you don't want to go, oops, I've never started. Where do I start? And I've, I really have no savings for retirement. Um, what is pre-authorized savings paying yourself first? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. So if you if you read most, I think most common, uh, you know, do-it-yourself finance mm-hmm. books, that's really the number one key concept is pay yourself first. So a pre-authorized uh, deposit, almost similar to what people can do with like an insurance payment or a car payment, you know, we just set it up where your investment is almost treated like a bill. You can set it up where just on a, a certain time, say after you get paid, just going to come right out of your account automatically and go into an investment vehicle, right? Similar to almost in the way your mortgage comes out if you have a mortgage. But the nice thing about that is that also mimics almost a pension plan. Because if you think of a pension plan, uh, you can't necessarily say no to that contribution. It's going to come out whether you like it or not. But 30 years later, yeah. you're going to be incredibly happy that it did. And the wonderful thing about that is we all bought our first house and thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I don't know if I'm going to yeah. be able to pay it. And then six months later, you're kicking yourself going, that was a breeze. Yeah. You know? mm. So it's the same thing. If you don't see it and it's gone, yeah. you've al- you always mm. have said that. Absolutely. Yeah, if you I, don't ever see it. If it doesn't arrive yeah. in the bank account in the first place. Yeah. I had automatic deductions starting you know, off my paycheck when I was 24 and it just kept going except now i'm self-employed all right so you pay yourself last (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah, pretty much um where can people go to learn more about all this yeah so they can go to meridian credit uh, meridiancu.ca so that would be our website and then just really seek out any local advisor to them and um, again we're always here to partner uh with you and educate you as well that's wonderful well thank you so much for joining us again thank you kindly What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code WHATSHESAID. Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand-new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favourites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. 
take our word for it. You'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch Sundays at Draco. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. We all know the rate of injuries and fatalities on Toronto's streets has deteriorated in 2019, much worse. And with back to school right around the corner, we could all use a good reminder to take more accountability for the role we play on the streets. Joining us now to talk road safety, finally, Donna Ince, we need you. Senior Vice President of Personal and Commercial Insurance at RSA Canada. Welcome to What She Said. Oh, thank you very much this for having me join you today. Yeah, this couldn't have been a more opportune time because according to a recent Truce-TO survey, 51% of cyclists, 20% of drivers, and 19% of pedestrians still feel unsafe on the streets of the GTA. So talk to us about some of the current street safety issues impacting Torontonians. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, road safety in the GTA is is at an all-time low, and we we absolutely saw that in 2018. Uh, it was the worst year on record in terms of the number of injuries and fatalities we had on the streets in the GTA. Uh, 42 pedestrians and five cyclists were actually killed or seriously injured in a collision. And in uh, from a perspective of the drivers, 13 drivers were either killed or seriously injured in collisions where there was aggressive or distracted driving. So, you know, it's, it's amazing that that happened in 2018 when you consider that the City of Toronto put together, you know, or kicked off a comprehensive plan on Vision Zero uh, in 2017. So, you know, I, I think, you know, absolutely... Uh, Absolutely required, definitely needed, but um, again, seems ironic that you know uh, that that 2018 was such a bad year. So uh, John Tory, as 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 you would know, unveiled a, a revision to that uh, that first plan called Vision Zero 2.0. Uh, put that in place in March of this year, and really in response to there was a number of collisions that involved uh, children. Um, and I and I think you know we well recognize that something else had to be done. So there's a number of initiatives underway lowering the speed limits, uh, creating more mid-block crosswalks, um, installing more red light cameras, uh, changes to road signs, et cetera, um, and road design. Really, really important. And I think given all those safety challenges that we're facing here and now, um, the start of the school year is a really great time to remind everyone to take more accountability for their role and how they, and on how they play uh, on the streets because kids are going back to school. The roads are going to get busier for sure with vehicles as well as uh, the kids riding their bikes to school. And, and again, children just walking to school. And, and uh, we, we know that the safety zones sometimes in, that are in the school zones are, are really not as effective as they need to be. There's been, you know, there's all kinds of dangerous driving we see around school zones, whether it's speeding or texting while they're driving or not obeying, you know, the traffic signs. Or just signs. parking. And, or just and, parking and, on the side kids, of the roads and blocking, yeah, blocking are getting, the thoroughfare. Yeah, it, so it it, it's really amazing problem. things like the unsafe parking, as you said, the, the children drop off. Um, that poses all kinds of, of problems when kids are running through the parking lots to get to school um, or, or running across the road. Like, we just need to take a breath and, and spend more time and thinking when we're in those school zones. Um, I, I should mention that in the last few years, I have noticed that the level of patience or road rage, people are angry first thing in the morning. They honk if you don't go from zero to 60 at a green light. And meanwhile, you've got a pedestrian that hasn't quite finished crossing the street. Is that a factor? Oh, for sure. Road rage, we know, is an escalating problem. We we saw that in our survey, just the perception people are having. So maybe they haven't been in, engaged themselves in, in, a, in an incident, but people are seeing it. We, we see it all the time. I'm sure you, you've seen it in the last week where someone gets out of their vehicle and knocks on the window of the vehicle in front. Um, it, it's frightening. Um, and so we know it's intensifying. We, we, we hear about the incidences uh, in the media. I, I, I do think um, some of that factor is people are 
are rushing. Uh, people are not giving themselves enough time to get from point A to point B, and we know that it is taking more time for us to get through the city. Um, we know our neighborhoods and our, and our downtown areas are getting more densified, and that just means more people. And, and unfortunately, that means people's uh, levels of frustration and their emotions boil over. So there, there's absolutely something to be said that we need to you know, turn down the volume on, on that kind of behavior because there, are, there is a behavior element to it for sure. Um, absolutely, there's, there's lots of improvements we need to make from an infrastructure perspective. That's pretty critical, and I know that's really a focus for, uh, for the city, um, for John Tory in particular. But we all know that takes time, it takes money, um, it takes collaboration. Well, tell us, um, tell us about how you are collaborating. Tell us a little bit about the Truce TO initiative, because it's, as I understand it, aiming to bring more harmony to the city streets. Yeah, so what we, we, we believe that there is um, a lost opportunity, and, and I would say a big opportunity if we don't start focusing on behavioral change. So as I said, infrastructure improvement is absolutely needed, but it, it's, it's going to take time and money. We launched TruthTO campaign last year really to encourage road safety education and start that conversation around empathy. So again, very, very much behavioral based. And so through the campaign, we've asked people to make a personal commitment to change, take accountability. I mean, that's a really important word uh, for their own actions and in particular, being open to education and retraining. You know, this notion of, of empathy is, is sorely missing from the current equation, um, particularly when the road rage is, is involved. Um, and we think that, that, that this theme of behavioral change really aligns nicely with what the city is doing around the road design change, but also greater policing around uh, distracted, you know, the, the distracted driving. So if you go to trucesto.com, you can test mm -hmm. your road safety knowledge and, and uh, take a pledge or you learn some things there? Yeah, so the, um, the, the website that we have is a, the Truth TO. There's um, a number of, um, uh, of, of items on, on the, the website, so there's some material so we, you can refresh your knowledge around the rules of the road. Uh, you can take a test or a quiz. Um, we also have a, you know, the, um, the uh, results of our survey that we did. We did a fairly significant survey of about 1,300 individuals asking them questions about how they feel their perceptions of their own safety on the road when they're participating as either a cyclist or a pedestrian or even a driver. Um, there's also a, a number of um, podcasts called Street Peace where you can hear more about uh, street safety, empathy, as well as education. And we, uh, those podcasts have a number of different individuals. Uh, we have a council uh, woman that was on there, also uh, some people that are actively involved in the advocacy for, for cyclists and, uh, and for walkers in the city. So we, you know, we would also encourage people to, we, one thing you can also access is is the Vision Zero plan and the Vision Zero 2.0 plan um, to improve road safety. So we have there's a quite a bit of material on there that people can refresh um, uh, their their education around road safety. And I, you know I would say, you know I, I I got my license when I was 17 and that was quite a long time ago. Um, I haven't taken trainer retraining uh, testing before or uh, or since. Um, and there's a lot of new signals and and certainly a lot of new signs. And um, I think you know. It's important that everybody's up to speed on all those signals, whether it's hand signals from a cyclist or from uh, uh, or on the road. We really need to continually educate ourselves around uh, around those those signs. So you can absolutely go to TruthTO to do that as well. Uh, do you think this can solve the problem? I I think it's um I think it's a conversation that we need to mm -hmm. we need to have we need to highlight it. It's not going to work on its own. As I said, um, I think to be to to be frank, I think the infrastructure improvements are the key to improving road safety. I think that it's a nice. Um, uh, it's a nice partnership, or it's it's a uh, it plays very well. The behavioral changes around empathy, education, uh, with the the uh, infrastructure improvement. Can you but give us said, one example of an infrastructure improvement that the one that you think would do be most effective? Well, I think uh, certainly one of the ones around uh, the school zones. So making sure that uh, the school zones are. Uh, the speed zones are appropriate uh, to make sure that I think speed bumps are really important. Certainly in, in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. um, we had, uh, uh, unfortunately, a young girl was, uh, was killed uh, at a, a one of our crossings. 
Are you live in Leaside. That was in Leaside, yeah. and um, uh, we uh, there was some there was some discussion about speed bumps, uh, but they actually changed how you turn on uh, on on the intersection that she she uh, she was killed in, uh, where you have to stop now before you could turn on a red. So there's there's all these different approaches. I think um, really do go a long way to um, to help keep people safe, particularly particularly children. So I do I do think uh, things around the speed is really important. Um, and I know you know there's some people that don't don't really like the the red camera um, uh, approach, um, but I do think that there's a role to play there, particularly in intersections where we have Absolutely. a lot of um, a lot of traffic accidents. Right. Uh, it does cause people to slow down, and yeah. I think that's really important. So Donna, where can people go to learn more? So where they can go is to www.truthto.com, and okay. they can they can access uh, all the uh, all the material that I reference. Um, and uh, I think it, I think it would be a great um, spot for people to again to get some re-education around uh, road safety and uh, and make that personal pledge. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is travel expert Candace Sampson and Jennifer Powell, author at Fair Path Forward. And today we are talking about sustainable travel. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks Hi. so much. So we're talking about reducing your impact on the planet, supporting local economies and protecting wildlife, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, when traveling. And it's important. And, you know, uh, Jennifer really, uh, recently invited me to a Facebook group called uh, Hashtag Go Mama Bear. And... Um, you know, I'm invested in my kids' future, and climate change is a real concern for me. So I, you know, I love being in there. And one of the things I learned in there was that you can actually purchase a carbon offset for when you travel. And I didn't know that as a travel writer, which is kind of, you know, I felt a little ignorant not knowing this, but you can actually purchase carbon offsets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which the is The airlines have them, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and I found out Uniworld, mm-hmm. um, which is sustainable river cruising, uh, they offer this as well, that you can do that through them as well. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. And I thought it was a great thing to maybe talk about is sort of how to be responsible and be sustainable as well, a... Well, Elton John got well, lambasted... Um, the media for going at uh, Harry and Meghan Markle because he said, I invited them to fly on my private jet. I paid for the carbon offsets. Their travel, even though it was an exclusive luxury jet, mm-hmm. was completely carbon neutral. Right. So he sort of quieted uh, the London press down yeah. down over that. But that's the kind of thing we need to, we need to we look d- into. We do need to be talking about it. And you know, it's it's you know, I joked around about this the other day with Jennifer. But it's like you know, it's like get over yourself, Karen. Okay, you didn't use a plastic straw today, but we need to get a little bit more serious about what we're doing with the planet here. And you know, it has to be more than just not. <laughs> using a plastic straw <laughs> but 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 you guys are, are travel people yes. and yes. traveling yeah. is like oh, the, you're meant to there's a whole movement Absolutely. of saying let's not take take a plane it's interesting because yeah. i mean we actually um our family took a year off and went traveling around the world two years ago so it became a very a wearable sort of uh notion about the fact of just how much our impact is on society how much mm-hmm. it impacts when it comes to traveling even how different countries are in terms of their infrastructure dealing with resources like garbage recycling Fresh mm-hmm. water, like we, I was telling Candace that we carried water around by our, like in a mm. giant jug, 
10 liters of water every single country except for maybe two. And we went to 22 countries. Like, we are very fortunate <laughs> here yes. in Canada with how much clean water and access to clean water we have. Mm-hmm. Right. And when it comes to, like, the carbon offsets, to your point, I think it's um, it's being more conscientious about how we're traveling, right? It's like carbon off- offsets essentially are buying credits to the carbon that we're using when we're polluting. Um, same like the carbon tax. Like, you're paying for the price of pollution. Um, we don't think like that right now. We think about oh, we're just going to grab a trip, and is it cheap, mm-hmm. and whatever. We're not thinking, is this going to actually impact? I think if we sort of, we looked into the research. It's two tons of carbon emissions to go from Toronto to London and back. That's uh, one ton of, of carbon emissions is one year's worth of garbage. Yeah. So if you think one person going to London is two years' worth of garbage, like it's crazy, right? It's Mentally, you sit there going, it feels like you can't do anything. So what can we do? I think something like the carbon offsets is a great start to yeah. that point. And I think having that, starting to have that com- that conversation and make it more normal. Um, I think we have to look for companies that have strong environmental policies in place. Um, you know, Sandals, uh, they eliminated, again, plastic straws, but they eliminated 23 million plastic straws from landfill when they took them off of their site. But they're also going further. They've got rid of um, plastic laundry bags and plastic bags in their stores. Um, and then September of this year, they're getting even more rid of more single-use plastics. Um, companies like Uniworld, you can purchase, um, you know, carbon offsets through them. They've eliminated all single-use plastics. They support sustainable travel companies within the, the regions that they deal in. So it's really it's, it's important to watch for those things and look for companies with strong environmental policies because cruise ships, for example, um, a passenger's carbon footprint triples in size when taking a cruise. And I think, too, you've got to think about um, shifting our mindsets in every single thing that we do, right? So it's like you go to the grocery store, you rethink the packaging that you're purchasing, you make sure that you bring a recyclable water bottle with you when you're traveling. Um, Every component of our our functionality in life, um, you know, Candice and I were talking about the fact of um, not not leaving an imprint on when you're traveling, right? So there's a lot of opportunities there that we can do to make changes. So tell me about this this Facebook group, um, hashtag Go Mama Bear. So really, this is like essentially I think moms are going to be the most concerned about climate change when it comes to protecting our kids future because we actually want to make sure they have a future to have and so we've just organically started this Go Mama Bear Facebook group that is offering resources tips um, information links on how to actually make those small habit changes to make big impact if there were just a handful of things that you can do as a traveler besides buying uh, yeah Buying carbon. Yeah, right. Which you know, um, is, that's what, you know, a lot of people do? are not going to do that. But I mean, water, for oh, example, absolutely. no water bottles. I carry an aluminum water bottle with me okay. everywhere I go, and I have to tell you, I found a really cool use for it in Vienna this summer when it was super, super hot. If you fill an aluminum water bottle with super cold water when you're having a hot flash, it cools you down immediately. <laughs> you put it on you. That Just was pour I was it like, right over your head there, Candace. This is really cool. <laughs> I like this. It, it, it's like making decisions when you're purchasing when you're traveling exactly. too, right? It's it's working on sort of. Uh, renewable energy versus fossil fuel stuff like you know it's every decision you make um Candace went whitewater rafting and that to me there was no impact we said right. like that wasn't uh mm-hmm. there was no there was no fuel used in the raft yeah, the, exactly. you know the, it was uh, it was a fun adventure on a real river you making know making choices yeah, yeah they, they yeah. uh the the wine following the event was in a recyclable bottle. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so on Facebook it is hashtag go mama bear. So yeah. go and check it out. Thank yeah. you very much, ladies. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at what she said Well, some say it's the most wonderful time of the year. Back to school. And joining us now is what she said lifestyle expert Lena Almeida, who is here to share five of this year's most popular back to school trends. Are you and uh, your boys ready? We are ready. I've been ready for the last <laughs> month and a half. Maybe. We like to get things done ahead. So, yes. so what is trending? So I actually did something different this year, and that is my boys and I went shopping in-store. So we hit up Scarborough Town Center, which is quickly becoming one of my favorite mm-hmm. shopping destinations. And we did the whole back-to-school shopping in person. It reminded me of when I was young, and I was able to note great trends that I think you're going to be seeing everywhere in September. So the first is dinosaurs. Roar. Okay. (laughs) That wasn't very good roar, was it? But you know what? I don't know if it's because we are the 2019 NBA World Champions. Mm -hmm. And of course, they recently announced Jurassic World 3. But there's just dinosaurs 
absolutely <laughs> everywhere. So bonus marks to H&M Kids because they actually had the flippy sequined shirts and T-shirts. Those are ones where you kind of flip up or flip down and oh, it right, changes, right, changes colors. The, yeah. yeah, and kids love those. So definitely saw lots of styles. And I saw them mostly in the boys section, but I don't think dinosaur love is gender specific. So nope. I would definitely go. I was actually looking at some of the larger sizes to see if Uh-oh. I couldn't find a <laughs> flippy sequin sweatshirt for myself. So definitely dinosaurs. The second is patterned backpacks. Backpacks, excuse me. I've seen me. a lot of them. Yeah, so whether it's licensed characters or just crazy, geometrical, neon, bright colors, we're seeing a lot. The backpacks are busy this season. So if you are shopping for your kids, you want to have something with a little pizzazz. Now, we stopped into Bentley at Scarborough Town Center, mm-hmm. and what I particularly loved is I found that the canvas was a very good quality. I do not like changing backpacks or replacing them halfway through the year, so you want to make sure you invest once, and it'll take your kids and, and all their rough tough in throughout the year. So patterned backpacks. And if we're staying with colorful trends, shoes this year, more than ever, we're moving away from the traditional white and black runner. Well, red has been huge red in sneakers is... for a couple of years. Alex Simpson has always worn <laughs> the, red, the red shoes. I have no sign. In fact, this year, both my boys chose red sneakers for back to school. So yeah, we're seeing reds, again, neons, Bright colors, blue and green are, are very hot as well. So we popped into Kids Foot Locker, but they also have Fly Zone at Kids Foot Locker in Scarborough Town Center. And what I like is it's a very family-friendly store. There's lots of seating, and I found mm-hmm. that the associates were really great with the boys. So colorful backpacks and colorful kicks, as my kids would say. The next trend, wearing your Toronto Pride on your head. So hats. Um, again, lots of Raptors merchandise at Lids, but as well, we were seeing a lot of Toronto-themed baseball caps, toques, and more. So city-based logos, you know, the logos that say 416 or 6, or just, again, a lot of Toronto pride. I think this season is going to be very hot. So pop into Lids. And finally, mm-hmm. the trend of being fashionable with your clothing and shoes has now moved over to school supplies. <laughs> so oh, really? Yes. You want to have streamlined, colorful, um, gorgeous stationery. And Muji Canada actually has a huge selection of fun and functional um, school supplies. They have minimal packaging and, you know, maximum it factor. And they've got everything you need from desk accessories, writing instruments, cases, and organizers. You name it. And if you pop into the store, you can actually create your own stamp or choose from a popular stamp as well. I kind of like the idea of having customized stamps for my kids. When they go back to school, it's kind of like their That's own cool. signature. Uh, yeah. So you you did all this in one day at all. one mall? Yep. We made a day out of it. We had a great nutritious breakfast. We indulged in food court. A, a not-so-great <laughs> nutritious not- <laughs> lunch. <laughs> to the boys' whim for lunch. But yeah, we spent the whole day. And you know what? It really reminded me of when my mom used to take me back to school shopping because online wasn't an option no, exactly. when I was a child. And I felt it was a really good bonding moment. So, I know, yeah. and you were waiting for the day to come when you were, you couldn't wait. Yes. Right? To get the new stuff. Absolutely. And even when we're speaking about trends, it's very, it's easy to see them online, but there's something to be said for really trying, touching, feeling, you know, seeing it all together. So I think that the in-store experience was definitely a valuable one for us. How old are your boys now? They're nine and 11. So what did they like most? Was it the, the, the red kicks? It was the red kicks, yeah, I I have to say. Yeah, the clothes was still like, whatever, mom, but the shoes and even at Muji Canada, like the supplies that were super cool, like the organizers and and cases, they were really into that. And hats, I mean, my older guy really wanted to have a few different options. He Mm -hmm. loved the brand new Raptors hat I purchased for him. So, yeah. Oh yeah, you're, she's a good mom. Mm-hmm. I had I, I school uniforms for mine. Back to school was not was not a thing. We did the pencils, the books, the backpacks, but yeah. the uniform was easy. I didn't have to worry about it clothes. It's very easy when the kids have uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> but that's great. That's great to know that uh, it's handy. So where can people go to learn more? Ours. Sure. So for info on the mall, ScarboroughTownCenter.com, and to shop in store, well, you you got to go there. And and like I said, it was a great back to school shopping experience. Yeah, just go in the morning and walk around. Yeah. And walk around. Do you take your grandchildren back to school shopping? You could do that. No, they're they're. Way I too, think that they're too cool for school now. <laughs> <laughs> they're just. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Lena. Thank we'll talk you. to you later.
What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. We'll be right back. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that you could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rate subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique, affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Ballparks, brawls, and beers. Have you been watching The Ninth? It's a new CBC Gem original that follows the Box Springs, the hardest partying amateur baseball team in Canada as they compete on and off the field. So joining us to tell us more are show creators Daniel A.M. Rosenberg and Michael Goldlist. Welcome to What She Said. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. Okay, now first, <laughs> first of all, I want to know what the A.M. is for, Daniel, because it's Daniel A.M. Rosenberg, and I was told we had to say the A.M. It was important. Yeah, um, I mean, twofold. One is uh, my mother. Actually, I don't know if this is like happy news uh, radio <laughs> comedy stuff, but when my uh, mother passed away, her main name was Muse and her first name's Martha. So it's a uh, shout out to my mother. Oh, my middle nice. name's technically Adam. So AM for myself and my mother. Well, always shouting go. her out. And how are you going to compete with that, Michael? Nothing. <laughs> you got nothing. <laughs> So the Box Springs may be mediocre as hell on the field, but with a beer in their hands, they're Hall of Famers. So tell us about the show. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an ensemble comedy about nine, as you said, kind of hard partying baseball players. Um, it's a lot more about the partying and the fun and the after the game antics, a lot less about the baseball. So yeah, we just kind of take these nine very different co-ed uh, team players together, shake them up and... Get them in some trouble. Yeah, give them, fill them full of beer and drugs and then uh, get them fighting with each other and record the consequences. Sounds like a show. Yeah. <laughs> Where, how did you come up with the idea for this? Um, so we love watching um, the amateur baseball games at Christie Pitts, the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. not the ones that play mm-hmm. hockey downtown, the, yeah. the kind of bad baseball team. And we just like love the low stakes like high anxiety of the players there so we uh we thought originally like maybe we should do a doc and then it's like ah no let's just write something yeah it'd be way more fun (laughs) way more fun to just write it so that was the genesis of it and then we just like wanted to pile indignity on indignity on this team so like they change their locker rooms in the basement of the bar that they party in they're sponsored by a discount mattress store it's why they're called the box spring so we just kind of tried to shovel a lot of crap on them yeah it sounds like it might be about learning to lose yeah, I mean, the, these are losers um, <laughs> in, in the way they play baseball and in a lot of aspects of their life. Uh, they think they're really important in their own heads. Uh, each one of them has their own kind of story going on. But um, yeah, they lose a lot of baseball and lose at love and uh, relationships and fights. So did you think that this was something that would resonate with people? Because it sounds to me like it would, because all of us are, have been losers in some <laughs> Well, if we follow Toronto sports teams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly. Except for the Raptors, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, we were uh, long-suffering sports fans, so we know what losing feels like. But also just like, yeah, we're artists trying to make it in this industry. You know, you get one out of every hundred yeses, you know, is a yes. It's like rejection and being feeling beat down is a big part of trying to be in this industry. So mm-hmm. we know Yeah, what it's like. and it's also, you know, I think a lot of us are... Uh, if you, you know, extracurricular activities, like, you know, if you uh, play on sports or you have like these weird kind of friend groups that you have where friends of friends. So you don't 
you know, you're not super close with all these people um, and you're forced to spend time with them and forced into this common goal. So it's really interesting to see these people try and work together when they're, they clash all yeah, the time. They all well, think each other are losers too. Well, and you know what? I, I'm, I'm hearing as you're describing the baseball team, I'm thinking this could also be describing an acting ensemble. Totally. Uh, as well. So how did you cast the parts? Um, we had an amazing casting director, Louis K. They're they're like really mm-hmm. well known and renowned, and they brought incredible talent. Casting was maybe the funnest part of this. It's just so incredible to have these wonderful actors come in and blow you away. And we got just like we were so lucky that we got schedules of people who are really in demand that aligned that we could get them to shoot with. And we just had just great comedy actors who. Um, are funny, but also built the character out of like a real reality. Really got in touch with the characters, like suffering and all their problems. Yeah, and it makes in- it funnier. Instant chemistry. Like they, you know, we did um, lots of group auditions together and and did some testing with them, and they all just like clicked. We shot a trailer for the show um, a year before we shot the series, and it was like magic on that that first little bit. So yeah, we knew it was going to happen. I don't think very often. We yeah, had nine nine leads basically, yeah. and they all like instantly loved each other. Like it's crazy. We had no one thought behind the scenes no one bickered everyone was just like it was such a like a great group effort where everyone really rooted for each other which mm-hmm. is which is really rare because actors is. can be egotistical nightmares <laughs> but not ours <laughs> <laughs> so where did you shoot uh, we filmed uh, mostly in the greater Toronto area, Mo- a lot mostly like downtown Toronto. So the bar that they spend a lot of time in is the Monarch Tavern, mm-hmm. uh, which is in Little Italy in, in Toronto, um, an institution. Uh, we shot in like a mattress store in the in the East End. Yeah, on Parliament. Uh, yeah, uh, Parliament Furniture, I think it's called. Yeah, shout out Parliament Furniture, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Could be. Something like that. Or and associates. And associates. Are. <laughs> uh, we also, uh, yeah, baseball field uh, down in the East End as well. So kind of all over the all over the city. But it was very much a Toronto show. And we didn't like big that up, but we didn't hide that either. We were happy. That's refreshing. Yeah. 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 So just just neutral. It's like yeah, we're filming outside the door. That's this is where we yeah, are. Kind of. Thing. It's in Toronto. If you pay attention. If not, it just feels like a Canadian big city. So all eight episodes are up now. Mm-hmm. You That's can right. Watch them on, on cbcgem.ca, right? right? So what about the future of the show? When do you well, when do you know? Do you know? Do you we're, find we're, out what's happening? We've gotten some real interest in the show, which is exciting. We've always secretly wanted to turn it into an even bigger project than it is, maybe a half-hour broadcast show. I, I, we, that's not a secret now. Uh, yeah, it's not <laughs> a secret. I mean, everybody wants to be on television and streaming. Yeah, we so. think this makes sense to be a, a half-hour comedy series, and so we're uh, we're actively working on that. If anyone's got like $12, 13000000 million, hit us mm-hmm. up. Yeah, yeah, let us know. Is that yeah. what it costs? How would the storyline wow. then evolve? Uh, I think Do you have the ideas for oh, it. Oh yeah, we yeah. Have, yeah, yeah. We oh, have yeah. more people a lot of will time. Yeah. sleep with each other is oh. the number one thing. Oh. Yeah, and yes. then we'll have uh, some other storylines as well. But yeah, just kind of bigger, bigger podcasts. stories and a bigger world. We we kind of leave the leave the bar a bit and and get to know more about these people's lives. Oh dear. So we've okay. got. I mean, but they're all a lot of them are are busy with other series too. So there's mm-hmm. always that timing issue that you that you have to deal with about when you can shoot around people's schedules. And you really lucked out with this, did you? We, we, we did, totally yeah. did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it, it took some uh, kind of back and forth thing to make sure we could get everybody in uh, to work, but it, it totally worked. We got everyone played pretty much every day. So it was uh, every day, nine great people, and we made it work. And our actors were really committed to the project, so they made it work, which, mm-hmm. is, which yeah. was really nice to know because they didn't have to. So obviously your partnership is a success. Mm-hmm. The what you've created is a success. So if they don't, if this isn't renewed or expanded, do you have other ideas? Because obviously you work well together. Yeah, yeah. we got a whole we got a whole bunch of ideas. <laughs> we got a How much time do you have? Ideas, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we've been developing stuff for a while now, and we have a bunch of projects in different stages. Some that are like at beginning, some that already have some partners on helping us develop them. We've got um, I won't say specifics. We've got like an animated series that's mm-hmm. in, down the pipeline. We've some got more live action stuff live as well. Action. A lot of comedy, but also drama. 
I think, you know, we think some of the, the best stories are rooted in, in real realness and drama, not, not comedy just for comedy's sake. So we're, we're about developing strong characters and, and yeah. good stories from that. Well, sounds good. Like, what, do you have any use for two middle-aged <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. 100%. We totally. Yeah, and we have a, a, a you know, a, a young actress who's Yeah, excellent. my daughter's my daughter's actor. Yeah, she's if, busy. She's, if she's if you guys actress. could like maybe run an illegal drug operation out of this station that would Are really help. Are you kidding? Help she put make... in for the weed shop lottery. Well, there, okay. uh, there you go. Does that make me bad enough? Yeah, the yeah, show kind of writes itself. But I, some but of that I money didn't too. win it, which is a good thing uh, because I had no real estate tied up and no dough. <laughs> and I had no idea. This is good though because I, mean, I, I work with, uh, I mentor some young, young reporters and what you're saying is because I always say what story did you see on your way in, into work today like tell me what you saw and and you're going at that premise from uh, from a creator angle you're seeing a story and saying what can we make out of this how can we tell the story it's not journalism it's filmmaking television making it's a different it's a different way but it's the same premise and I think people um, don't walk around with their eyes open to the mm-hmm. stories that are around there as much as they used to, maybe. That's totally. true. And especially these days, people are too busy staring at their phones. They mm-hmm. walk into poles or fall off cliffs and stuff. So, yeah, I think I think if you keep your eyes open and, and listen, especially listen to the people around you and, and you know, what's look at what's in front of you. There's a lot mm-hmm. of stories to plumb there. Oh, yeah, my God. There's, there's too many to ever sort through all of them. And they're all amazing because even the smallest story, like even the smallest tragedy is huge to the people who are involved. Absolutely. So a, a story can never be too small because it's every, always Every story starts local. And yeah. it's on cbcgem.ca. Uh, currently available. You can see all eight episodes of the of, of the Box Springs doing what they do best. What they do best, I, <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This is great. I'm going to Yeah, the ninth. The ninth. The ninth. The ninth. Go and watch that. Thanks so much for having us. This is great. Thank you. What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. And joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is film critic Anne Brody. And this week we are starting off with what you call an eloquent and provocative study of <laughs> water on Earth. We're talking about Aquarella, which is Portuguese for watercolor. It opens in northern Russia. The Inuit living there are looking under the ice because the thaws come early and people keep driving across the ice and the cars go in one after the other after the other. Climate change. Then we move to Greenland and the water is rushing. Well, you know this. Mm -hmm. Billions of gallons a day coming Mm -hmm. out, melting, gone. Uh, Then it it goes to... um, Thailand and to Florida and Hurricane Sandy, it followed water disasters over a decade. And no narration. No narration. A little bit of background sound when the guys are pulling the cars out of the water, but that is it. The water speaks. I mean, it roars. There's no mistaking that there is big trouble afoot. Hmm. It is the most unique approach to telling a story. To telling a story. 
and it works so well. I was Nat devastated Salt, watching Nat it. Sound. Yeah, did you have did you have any questions after watching it? Or no, did, not did it a, speak for it spoke for itself so well. Yeah, good point. Um, it doesn't. There's no preaching. There's it's no just preaching. There in front of you. So it would be certainly something for a child. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Well, they all good talk question. about it in school. So. About water, yes, no, yes. About about climate change. Climate and, change, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Amazing. having said that, I hope they put it on television so broader audiences can see it. It's quite stunning. What about Angelique's Isle? That's a true story set up in uh, Sault Ste. Marie in 1845. An Anishinaabe woman marries a French courier de bois. And um, they meet up with, again, American business people and go to an island in search of copper. Um, They find a huge outcropping and decide to leave the couple there for the winter on their own, which they should never have done. The middle of Lake Superior? Mm. I don't think so. Probably not. So starvation, death, and but the woman survives. She's being sent spiritual messages from her grandmother, Tantu Cardinal, telling her what to do to survive. So it's fascinating, really fascinating. And it's a, it just makes the, the wintertime on Lake Superior look evil, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure, you know, the people on the Edmund Fitzgerald would tell you the same thing. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting. Okay, now, again, with the uh, American businessmen, the 2008 <laughs> Wall Street crash, we've got inside Lehman Brothers, and, and that's a pretty chilling look at the trail of yeah. woe they left behind. Made by a Canadian. I mean, what American would, would do yes. this in this day with Trump in charge? So, yes, I mean, I, I don't know if I had a great understanding of what was actually happening when Lehman crashed, went into bankruptcy, and brought the world economy down with it in 2008. Um, This is a very thorough explanation. And they speak to people who were employees, who knew whistleblowers. There's one woman there who um, lives on 10 acres. She's taught her, she's 60 something. She's taught herself uh, martial arts. She knows how to kill someone with her bare hands because she's terrified that they're still coming after her. And one, another fellow who was a VP at Lehman Brothers, he's traveling the entire time around the world on his motorcycle because he's afraid of being captured still today. So you can find that on the CBC Documentary Channel. Yes, yes. It's well worth seeing. Hmm. Um, Fiddler, a miracle of miracles. Yeah, it's a look at the making of and the success and endurance factor of Fiddler on the Roof, mm-hmm. uh, which was set in a village that was thousands of years old in Russia. And you know the story. It's about these Jews being sent from their homes in a pogrom. And you wonder, well, is that really the subject for a musical? (laughs) (laughs) But as you know, the musical was a huge hit with Mm -hmm. great memorable songs, and it told a really true story. So this dives deep into the the reality and the uh, mythology of this of the fiddler on the roof. And then and it actually takes you around the world to see different productions. And there's one in Korea that's just fantastic. Um, but you learn an awful lot about the rise of feminism, about people being forced from their homes to somewhere they, they don't know against their will. Uh, quite revealing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, comedian Jim Gaffigan's uh, latest uh, special, his new special, Quality Time. It's out on Amazon. Um, I have not seen it yet, but I'm hearing great things. He is so appealing. And he looks like a bit of a doofus. You know, he talks about his his appearance and and he, he speaks so gently. He never swears, but he nails it every time. And he gets this insistent whisper and you can't look away. And he does this bit on horses. It's got to be 10 minutes long. And I'm just splitting my sides laughing. The guy's hilarious. And he's so winning and charming. He's like Jerry Seinfeld in that he's very accessible. His language is good. It's family stuff. And uh, speaking of family stuff, he says, (laughs) 
when the when he's away from the kids on tour, he has hours and hours of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, and we we have to leave it there. You can find more movie and TV reviews up now on WhatSheSaidTalk.com. And that's it for what she said this weekend. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at noon, right here on 105.9 The Region, for a best of show that we've put together. And we'll be back with new episodes on September the 7th. Bye for now. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.